This is Honest Math Chat, episode 22, My Struggle to Struggle. It's a tell-all, guys. Um, today, I'm going to share a little bit about my story and my biggest struggle in my teaching career. I hope that this story can inspire you and help you make that choice that struggle its not so bad. This is Honest Math Chat, and I'm Mona Eel of Mona Math. I'm a former math avoider turned math teacher cheerleader, and I'm going to get real honest with you about math classroom culture, engagement, math discussions, and all the student-centered instructional practices to help you empower your students to love and understand math deeply. So every Monday on Honest Math Chat, we're going to work together to make our classrooms places where students see themselves as mathematicians. But let's not wait. If you're ready to engage every learner and get them pumped about math, you've got to use math discussions. I welcome you to download the guide to engaging math discussions right now. Go to monamath.com slash discussions. You'll get all my best tips on how to guide on the side while getting every child meaningfully engaged in discussing their math thinking. Today's episode is all about my story with struggling. And I know what you're thinking. That's not an inspiring podcast episode, Mona. But this is the Honest Math Chat, and I've got to be honest with you. When I learned how to teach students in a student-centered way in math, I wasn't on board right away. I struggled. And I want to share that struggle with you today. Because... It wasn't just that I struggled because it was hard, but I struggled at being coached. And let's dive into that. Let me tell you a little story. So I had taught first and second grade at my school in Chicago for five years. I was in my fifth year of teaching when I was moved to third grade. Okay. And I At our school, we taught hands-on, integrated, project-based learning units. Amazing work, but took a lot of time to plan and effort to collaborate and find authentic audiences and experiences for our students. We made final products that had a real-world audience, so it took a lot of time and effort. And it was kind of an unspoken rule or guideline in our school that we just used the math curriculum. We didn't put any extra effort into planning math. It was our kind of saving grace, right? When you're planning and creating everything, you can't do it for everything. So we took kind of solace in knowing that we had our math curriculum and our workbooks and we just did it. Okay. So I'm in third grade now. I'm trying to learn all the third grade standards, all the third grade math. Coming from teaching first grade, it was a bit of a jump. But I was doing pretty good, and I had a really expert veteran um, co-worker who was the other third grade teacher. She was teaching me all the things. But then we had a principal in training that was assigned to our school. And of course, her my principal assigned her to me. She is a lovely person. Um, she would apologize to me when she had promised to give me feedback on my lesson plans, and she didn't. She actually apologized. I know you're listening, thinking, whoa, 
because administrators promise all the time that they will look at our lesson plans and don't, let alone apologize for not. The woman had integrity. She would come up to me, look me in the eyes and apologize for when she didn't follow through on something she said she would do. Her integrity and her respect for teachers was uncanny. She also had extremely high expectations and believed that everyone could achieve them. Let's just say her and I spoke the same language and we hit it off right away. Actually, our coaching meetings were humorous because we went at warp speed. Like it would be funny to listen to one of our conversations as an outsider because it was almost like we were in each other's heads on so many things. She'd say something, I would eat it up, grip onto it right away. I'd apply it in my classroom that afternoon if I could. I'd order a book on it. I'd make it all my own. I'd create a checklist for it, a rubric for it, all by our next meeting. I was textbook doing too much, but all because everything she had to share with me was lighting me up and inspiring me and helping me see things in new ways. This was the kind of learning I loved. But then it came to coaching and I struggled. I struggled to be a beginner at something. I struggled to not be the best. And I know how that sounds. Oh, the girl who's always good at stuff is upset when she's not good. Oh, you work so hard until you're the best. I get it. I know how it sounds, but that's not it. Because my entire life, I did work hard and things did come naturally to naturally to me. And I did go above and beyond. And I've been so confident in what I'm doing. But to be honest, if I wasn't, I stopped doing it. I'm six foot tall. And I was not good like naturally at basketball or running. I quit middle school basketball because I really wasn't open to being coached or working on it to get better. Honestly, that is really hard to admit, but if I'm not good at it, I'm not interested in it. And so here's where the problem comes in with teaching. I was struggling with this because I was teaching my students about the importance of struggle. Grapple time in my classroom was a huge deal. We were building our capacity to struggle and grapple. We were talking about new words like perseverance And yet, I was just not okay with struggling in my own life. I didn't want to do something in my teaching that made me uncomfortable or like I wasn't going to be enough. I thought that there was too much at stake, right, to try something so far from the norm. I was struggling with, should I make this leap into student-centered math when it's so different from what everyone at my school does. I was starting to learn about cognitively guided instruction, and I was embarking on ditching the curriculum for most of math and jumping into teaching students through tasks, discussion, and debrief. I was learning this research of CGI that describes that children learn through experiences and that they build what they know from what they already know and can do. 
and they add to that knowledge through experiences. I was opening up my mind and I was teaching maths in ways that I had never thought possible. But the beauty is, is that it atta- it was exactly what I believed about how kids learned everything else. I was intentionally building a math community that built a growth mindset that encouraged cooperative understanding instead of racing to be the first and the best at the, and the most right. I was undoing so much of what I personally knew math to be. And don't get me wrong here, because I was on fire with enthusiasm for this, but I was nervous. What would the parents think? What would my colleagues think, right? Had I lost my mind? I was giving up our pre-planned, ready-to-use curriculum to put yet another thing on my plate. Would people roll their eyes like, oh, there she goes again, doing something new and different? I guess you could call this imposter syndrome, but I was struggling with what everyone else was going to think. I was afraid to fail. I was worried that I'd try all of this and it wouldn't work. That teaching through giving students opportunities to explore and discover wouldn't work in math like it did in everything else. I was worried that my students wouldn't learn, that they wouldn't learn to have productive struggle, that they wouldn't learn to have productive discussions, and that they'd give up too easy. I was afraid their test scores would drop and that they wouldn't learn the math that they needed for fourth grade. Honestly, I was worried that it would work and I'd be bad at it. That was my struggle. Have you ever felt that way? Maybe like you wanna start veering from your curriculum or you wanna try a new approach to teaching that your colleagues don't wanna try or they don't believe in, but you're nervous it won't work. You're worried about failing your students or you aren't sure the approach will work with your kids. If you're going to do things, you want to make sure you do them the best you possibly can so others will see how great it is. And for me personally, I didn't want my coach to see that I didn't get it or I couldn't do it or that I wasn't good enough. I wanted my coach to know I could do it. In fact, I didn't even really want a coach. I wanted to appear like I didn't need a coach. This is my struggle. I was uncoachable because I couldn't even admit that I was struggling. I was the toddler grabbing the thing away from the other person saying, I do it myself, right? Like, that's my life. I have two toddlers. Um, But okay, let's talk about what I did When I was feeling this way, when I was learning to struggle, when I was struggling to struggle, I went all in on learning. I had to tell myself every single day, you are learning. This isn't going to be perfect. Open up. And I started asking questions and just going all in on being a sponge and learning it all. The second thing I did was take deep breaths. We all know we need some coping strategies for when we're in the classroom and it feels like we are a failure. Deep breaths were mine. And it's cool because we all did it together in my class. That was a big strategy we used as I was learning how to teach student-centered math. Number three, I reminded myself that I had to listen, watch, and explore. 
just like I wanted my students to do. I wanted my students to learn from each other, to be open to new perspectives, and to remember that everyone has something to teach us. So I had to do the same. And number four, I started asking that principal in training to model, to co-teach with me. I asked questions, and I'm not going to lie, I did keep reading and keep pushing and doing all the things I could do to be really good at this, but having her coach me was instrumental to my growth. Without her partnership, without her coming along my side and watching me teach and giving me nudges, her jumping in my lessons and showing me exactly how to ask the question to re-engage my students. I wouldn't have been able to do this. Because I leaned into that relationship and I opened myself up to learning all she had to give, we both grew. In fact, her bringing this math idea that students could learn in a student-centered math class, this bloomed into taking over our whole math program at our school. And it grew into her coaching many more teachers at many more schools. Our coaching relationship changed how I taught math forever. That's powerful. And I'm taking that with me as I teach you here on this podcast, as I virtually coach my new career teachers, as I open this next step for you and I to work together, sneak peek, I'm bringing that coaching relationship with me. I'm bringing all of those memories of how I learned to struggle by leaning in. I'm bringing that with me because we can't forget what it feels like to struggle, right? That helps us be better teachers and better coaches. When we are open to doing it scared, as they say, or jumping into something that just feels right deep down, even though on the surface we don't want to, so much can bloom. So now here we are 10 years later, and this student-centered approach to math has transformed me. My entire classroom is student-centered. Everything I do is taught through those four simple steps. Listen to episode six of this podcast if you want to know more about those four simple steps. Also, on March 27th, We are going to start a five-day challenge where we're going to walk through those four simple steps, and I'm going to give you actionable tips for making that happen in your classroom. We're going to support each other in our student-centered math communities. It's going to be awesome. You can get signed up at monamath.com slash challenge if you want to get ready and be on, you know, make sure you don't miss it. Okay, but I couldn't have done any of that if I hadn't committed to struggle to trying something new and struggling through it. So friends, let's grapple together. Let's struggle together. Let's create a community that embraces struggle. I'm right there with you. I hope you are willing to jump in so that we can really make a big splash of, you know, changing the math world. Well, that was your dose of Honest Math Chat for today, friend. Thanks so much for listening. It would mean so much to me if you subscribed, shared this podcast with your friend, or leave a comment. (laughs) 
If you have not downloaded my free guide that I made in response to the questions you have all about engaging your students in math discussions, go grab it, monamath.com discussions. And if you have other questions that I haven't answered, shoot me a DM on Instagram at hellomonamath. I can't wait to chat more with you next week. Remember, we're here every Monday. I'm always listening on my way to work. When do you listen? See you soon, friends.